love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. We make each other better. She always reminds me about what actually matters. You know, love conquers all. Wherever he is, I, I want to be there, always. She just always accepted me for who I was. He makes me a better person. It was like love at first sight. Well, love is the most important thing. And they wanted us to know that, like, the family was supportive of the situation because I, I know that's not always the case. They were family-oriented, that they're close with their friends, and they were such a cute couple. You could just, like, see the love between them and just how special they were and how much they wanted this baby. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's story is a labor of love, literally. Eduardo and Omar are a couple living in Spain who wanted to start a family. Meanwhile, here in Canada, Christina felt called to help a couple create one. It started out as the ultimate act of kindness and ended not only in the creation of a beautiful family, but a lifelong friendship between three people. This is the Canadian Love Map. Christina and Eduardo, thank you so much for joining us on the Canadian Love Map. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Eduardo, I know it's late for you in Spain, so I tremendously appreciate you hanging out with us, and especially because I'm going to put you on hold for a moment while I start the story with Christina. Is that fair? Super fair. I love listening to Christina. Oh, that's a good answer. Christina, Tell me how this whole surrogacy came up for you. How how did this story start? I don't know the, the where it really started when the inception happened, but it was in my brain way before I had children. And I was like, it would be such a cool thing to be able to, to bring a life into the world. And that was my original thought about surrogacy. And that was me not knowing anything about surrogacy, not knowing anything about the process. And And I was very young at the time too. I hadn't met my husband. I didn't see that life for me at the time, but knew I wanted to make babies. So would you say even when you were a teenager, you could imagine yourself being a surrogate? Yeah, I'd say late teens, late teens, early 20s. That's when it was in my mind. Um, it was in no rush to do it at the time, but I, I definitely knew that I wanted to make a baby um, for someone else. And why do you think, was it anything about your childhood or is there anything you can pinpoint to say why you didn't think motherhood was for you? Kids are a lot of work, <laughs> and I knew yeah. that from a young age. I have some younger siblings um, that I hope to, like, definitely not to raise, like, <laughs> at all. But I, <laughs> I had a very, like, at all, um, a very good understanding that children take a lot of work, a lot of time, energy, effort, and um, my life was about me. And so having children just seemed like it would change everything, and it and it does in the best way. But then I couldn't see that like, mm -hmm. in my life at the time. 
And I should have said that was in no way judgment. I was just curious because everyone should be entitled. You know, I I really feel upset by women being shamed when they don't want to have children. I, I, I think it's wrong. So I'm, I'm appreciative of what you're saying that even at a young age, you thought, no, my instinct is, is not to go in that direction. What changed? My husband. Tell me about meeting him. We, we met in Calgary. Neither of us are from there. We just happened to both move there from opposite ends of the country. He's from St. John, New Brunswick. I'm from Victoria, BC. And we just randomly moved to Calgary in 2013. And I couldn't imagine having kids with anyone other than him. He's such an amazing, supportive person in my life. He's an amazing father and husband and human. And I, I didn't know people like that existed. Now, I guess my job is to ask personal questions sometimes. But did he have to convince you to have children at all? No, he didn't have to convince me. Actually, we had the the baby talk and we were both pretty happy to put it on a back burner until it was like we, we had originally been like, when we're in our 30s, we'll like talk about this again. And the odds are impossible. Like, I don't understand the stats on it. We got pregnant <laughs> like, oh, with really? like everything that should have not gotten pregnant. Um, we did. And we we both knew that like this was supposed to happen. This was must not be with like 99.99% chance that it wouldn't happen. And it happened. We're like, all right, we're having a baby. And the second we had our first baby, we're like, we need more of these. Um, and we, we <laughs> How old pregnant. were you then? My first daughter, I was 27. Oh, right. And your first instinct was, yeah, we need more. One more, one more. <laughs> Let's be clear. Um, I needed one more. Any, any more than that? I was like, that's like so many. Um, which was uh, kind of went back to my mentality from before a little bit. I had my first daughter, and 15 months later, I gave birth to my second. Wow, that's practically what they call Irish twins. You know that expression when they're born two children within 12 months. I think it. it actually is, but that's practically Irish twins. And so you had your hands full, mama. I did. It was the best. It is the best. I, I would never do anything different. I love it. I love having two little girls and two little girls close together. They're best friends and sometimes we're enemies, but <laughs> they're, they're very close. Yeah. Well, that's natural. I, I've experienced that myself as a mother for the record. And then a lot of people would think, okay, so you've got two children, you're a busy mom. Uh, you'd think that's all you could keep up with. When did the idea bubble up that you might want to do surrogacy as a route? Pretty shortly after the second baby, actually. So our family felt pretty complete. We're very happy with where we're at. We still are. And so about a year or so after my second daughter, I started looking into what surrogacy actually is because before that it was just an idea and I hadn't researched it at all. I didn't know how it worked. And I found a surrogacy company. I went through some profiles and um, this is actually before Eduardo and Omar. I found it just a lovely couple out of Quebec and I had two transfers with them. One of them didn't work and the second was a chemical miscarriage. And for their personal reasons, they they didn't continue. And mm-hmm. it took me about a year to kind of process that. So my body had been through a lot. There's a lot that goes into surrogacy um, physically, especially getting ready for surrogacy, right. tricking your body into thinking like you're pregnant, it's time. And so that took a little while to kind of come down from. And then mm-hmm. after that, I started with Canadian Fertility Consulting. 
And when I started there, I saw Omar and Eduardo's profile. And that was, as soon as I, I saw that profile, I knew they were special and and I really wanted to meet them. Oh, that is so great. Before I say let's meet Eduardo, I want to ask one more question. Mm-hmm. You must have had relatively easy pregnancies. You must have enjoyed your two pregnancies to want to do this again and for someone else. Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely growing and birthing babies is something that I can say I'm good at. And you weren't worried about the attachment since you had two babies yourself that you had you had, had pregnancies and kept your own children, obviously. You weren't worried about that bonding issue? Uh, no, that kind of goes back to my never wanting children in my early 20s. <gasps> um, and then like having a very complete family feeling before I even started surrogacy. There, there was nothing in me that was like, I really want, like that wanted another baby mm-hmm. when we made this decision, actually, because, because my husband was a big part of that too. It was something we knew that wouldn't be hard, I guess, somehow. What did he think when you raised the idea of being a surrogate? He was a little confused. Uh, it's not something he was familiar with. And uh, I was actually expecting a little bit more resistance from him originally. I was like, hey, what would you think about this? His response was, is that something you want to do? Kind of, yeah. And he he's behind me. He's like, I'm here to support whatever you want to do. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And Eduardo, aren't you glad that he said that? <laughs> and she said that? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> of course. When did you first have contact? I think it was in February 2021. What had happened before? Bring us up to speed on your side of the story. My side of the story is a is kind of the opposite of Christina's. I always pictured me as a father. I was like completely sure I wanted to have kids, but being gay was kind of mm, biology is not in, on my side <laughs> here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Omar and I, we kind of thought of different options. And in the end, surrogacy was the one that was the best one for us. Can you tell me a little bit about Omar and you as a couple? Yeah, sure. Well, we've been married for five years already. We've been married, mm-hmm. but we've been together for 13 years now. 13? So, yeah, for a very long time. And and how did you meet? Because of a friend. He would always say that it is not the real story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was having a coffee with one of my friends, and he was a colleague of his at that time. And according to my friend, he saw me and asked him about me. But he says, that is a, just a huge fat lie. <laughs> That's the real story. <laughs> and then we just met and liked each other, and we started dating right away. So you and Omar agreed that you both wanted to have a baby. And Mm -hmm. how did you end up connected with Christina? Take me through those steps, if you would. So it was Omar who got into contact with a Spanish agency who would help us all throughout the process. I remember going to one of the meetings that they organized with all these thoughts about how difficult and how long the process would be. Imagining like five years, lots of money, having like nearly zero chances of getting our dream come true. And when we got out of the meeting, 
all those expectations were not that bad at all. So we decided to start right away. We had to go through some medical checkups and some things to make sure that it was possible for us. And the moment we were able to afford it, we just, we chose a kind of method in which the medical part was done in the USA, in Utah, and the surrogacy itself in, in Canada. So we basically signed with this agency like in July, and we were flying at the beginning of August to Utah. So super fast. Wow. Did you and Omar consider asking a friend to be a surrogate, or did you always know you wanted to go with a, an unknown party? In Spain, it's not legal, so we cannot even oh. consider it. No. In terms of surrogacy, the only places we could do it, being a gay couple, were Canada, United States, uh, I think Mexico and Colombia. I think those were the hmm. only places we could. What is the matching process like? At what point do you actually connect with each other? So uh, basically you fill in a form in which you uh, say all the things that are important for you in terms of the pregnancy and, and your personality and your reasons and all those things. You have to make a video, which is pretty hard, actually. Yes. What do you remember about making that video, the two of you? Oh, feeling so stupid. Talking <laughs> to the camera, like, oh, I just need to say a sentence. Why can't I? Uh, but I'm repeating it like 40 times. The same thing all over again. <laughs> but you somehow got the video done. Do you remember what you and Omar said? Well, we basically wanted to transmit what we really are like. So we are pretty traditional and many people, when they think about gay people or gay couples, they think about luxury or going clubbing all the time or, I don't know, living a crazy and wonderful life. Uh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty normal. So <laughs> that's what I wanted to transmit. And how important it was for us, and it is for us, not being a family of two and making it of three. That was it. That was it. Yeah. So, Christina, when you saw that video and looked at their profile, what was it about Eduardo and Omar that made you think this is a match? The family aspect, the fact that they, they took the time to put their family into their video um, was actually pretty unique to them. That's that's not something that was in a lot of the the other things that I saw. And they wanted us to know that like their family was close in their life. Their family was supportive of, of the situation because I, I know that's not always the case and and that must make it harder. But um, that they were family oriented, that they're close with their friends. It was adorable. It was, and they were such a cute couple. And they you could just like see the love between them and just how special they were and how much they wanted this baby that family aspect in in the video was was something that kind of drew me to them. How many people were in this video? Many. A lot. <laughs> really? <laughs> Who all yeah. did you have in there? So I had my family, Omar's family, Omar's grandma, is our baby Ruth's great grandmother. And uh, we kind of not really forced her, but we helped her speak in English in the video. <laughs> 
but uh, super difficult to understand her. But <laughs> she, she did. And also some friends. And yeah, we kind of try to reflect everyone who is part of our life. Wow. So beautiful. So what was the next step? I'm fascinated by this. So basically, after we were matched, there was a video call in which we met virtually. And after that, we started basically chatting through the internet. And I remember that in Christina's profile, uh, she's, I think she said that she would prefer contacting like once a week, twice a week. We ended up talking nearly every single day. So, <laughs> wow. So, yeah. what was the dynamic like between the three of you? What was the chemistry like? Incredible. I remember the, the, the moment we met in person. It was such a strange feeling. It was like, I know you so well after all this time talking so much, but it's the first time I see it. it's super weird because it's like, how is it possible that? I'm meeting you physically for the first time when I know so much about you and your personality. Wow, you give me chills when you say that. It's really yeah. just so beautiful. Christina, how was it for you? The first thing that Eduardo said when he saw me and, and my husband, we went to pick them up from the airport. Um, you guys are so tall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was used to seeing this much of you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was that was cute. It was perfect. Um, I think very on brand for us. It, <laughs> it was great. And you you had originally said, Eduardo made reference to the fact that you had said you only wanted a certain amount of contact, but that changed why? Uh, I, I loved it. Like it was an, an instant friendship, really. Like it was so easy to to communicate with them and to be myself. And I was like, I want to stay in contact with the parents for sure. But I, I didn't want to feel forced to. Mm -hmm. So when I put that in my profile, it was more like, what if I don't really want to talk to them very much? Like right. I'm happy to help someone make a family, but I wasn't 100% sure that I would want to talk to them all the time. So Eduardo, what was it like to be able to watch the progression of the pregnancy from such a distance, but close up at the same time? On the one hand, it made it easier because a pregnancy is a very long time. It's nine months of being worried, basically. So <laughs> I remember not, that. <laughs> yeah. So not being there all the time, not having to see the belly all the time allowed some time to be able to disconnect and relax. I'm a teacher, so I've got like a million things to do all the time. So being able to focus on all the things that I've got in my life, it was easier because of that. And at the same time, it was like, oh my gosh, I would like to be there. But also Christina, she made things in a way that made it super special. I remember Omar and I, we were watching TV one night and because of the time difference. And all of a sudden, we received a an audio file from, from Christina. And we were like, oh my gosh, something happened. Like, we were kind of terrified. And we played it, and it was Ruth's heartbeat. So we wow. just, we couldn't even speak. We just looked at each other in the eye and started crying. And 
just because she made it like that without telling us it is so <laughs> special it's something like you don't expect and suddenly you feel so much happiness that you cannot even control it well that's pretty beautiful yeah. it's not like a business transaction at all <laughs> <laughs> how did you find out that she was pregnant so uh after the transfer she was supposed to take a test after two weeks or 10 days something like that and i remember omar and i we were like okay let's be patient uh we don't want to get like disappointed by a false negative result and christina was like ah there are other surrogates who have taken the test like in three days and it was positive <laughs> and things oh. like that and we were like what do we do should we should she take it should she not and in the end, uh, she took it some days before and it was positive and we got so excited. She sent us the picture of the test that put beautifully. And because of being done this way, every little step of the process, we have it. We have pictures of everything. We've got the conversations. We've got everything of, of that process. And most people don't. Mm -hmm. So... If, if we wanted to relive it again, we could. It sounds to me like it was a relationship of, of such loving kindness. Yeah. And lots of humor as well. <laughs> yeah, Christina is one of the funniest people in the world. Christina, what was it like for you going through the pregnancy and, and communicating with these guys and and seeing how, how uh, electrified they were by your sharing? I loved it. It was it was really such an amazing, special, and unique experience. I don't think there's anything even close to it. I felt so attached and close with Omar and Eduardo. I really was so excited anytime there was news or something that I could share with them. Like as soon as I like you could see the belly, I was so excited to show them because I knew how excited that they would be to like see baby growing. Um, when I had the positive test, I was so excited to share that and. Um, when I bought like the the Doppler to to find the baby's heartbeat, as soon as I found her heartbeat, I recorded it and I sent it. And I just like I knew that it would be super fun for them and they would love it. But that's their baby. That's their baby's heartbeat. And that's the first time that they heard it. So every step of the way, it was like being really involved in someone else's life, like really involved. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, um, no, no one else is this. And if they are, my goodness, um, during a pregnancy, that would be a lot. But I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It was really fun. It was really unique. It is fascinating to hear you say that you were more attached to them than the baby because you really felt it was their baby. Well, the whole time. Yeah. It, there was never a slip in that. I was saying this earlier. I wasn't sure if there would be. Like I, I went in mentally prepared, but hormones, pregnancy, I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. Uh, and it didn't, nothing changed. I just got closer to, to Ruth's parents and... It just felt like I was babysitting. I don't know. We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centers. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. When did she get the name Ruth? Was that before she was born or after? Before. I had a cousin 
we were the same age and we grew up together, but she had an accident and she died when we were 19. And I promised her that if I had a daughter one day, I would give her her name. And when we got the embryos, all of them were girls. So it was like, okay, there's a promise. I may need to pause for a moment to have a good cry. <laughs> that is such yeah. a beautiful thing. So, so beautiful. Before we move on to the birth, I'm I'm curious, Christina, to know what your daughters thought of this whole thing. How aware were they of what was going on? They were fairly indifferent, to to be honest. <laughs> they were like, whatever. And then when Omar and Eduardo came to Canada, that's that's when they were like, what's going on? Are these guys and why are they here all the time? Um, because because of our relationship when they got here, like I we spent a lot of time together and I loved it. It was great. They would walk the girls to school with me in the morning and like hang out all day, pick them up. <laughs> it was um it was super fun. Overall, though, like they still look at videos. I they sent me a super cute video of like Ruth starting to walk today, and I was showing them that video and and they love it. For them, they don't know any different. They they were four and five when I got pregnant and had a baby for someone else. So it's just a thing for them that happened or happens. Eduardo, what was it like for you and Omar making that trip to Canada and preparing for the birth? Going there, it was like getting ready for, I don't know, like for the rest of, of your life or for a new life, like the last steps for for something huge, right? Mm-hmm. What well, what we weren't prepared was for going back to Spain. It was so difficult, so so difficult. You mean leaving Canada? Yep, because we obviously wanted to come back to Spain to be with our family, with our friends, to to go back to our routines. But we had been told about everything about uh, when you have a baby, you won't sleep that much, you will be tired, you will have to do this, you will have to do that. You will be worried all the time. We will, you will check if she's breathing or not all the time. We were ready for many things. <laughs> the, the other day we told Christina, like we were not ready to go back to Spain without her. It was like, well, oh. shall we kidnap her and take her home with us? <laughs> wow. Yeah, we got super attached. I wasn't counting on that. Like I remember going to the, to the airport, my car, and she had to go to, her sister's house and the the it was the same road for a very long time and i remember driving and she was looking at us we were looking at her it was like i don't want this road to split at any moment it was like you had to cut an umbilical cord between the three of you and christina yeah yeah it was it was very very difficult Let's talk about the birth. I'm going back in time again. But what what was that? Set the scene for me, if you will. Yeah, set the scene, Eduardo. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, we have to say that it was not what we expected. You see it on TV, in films, when people tell you about it, you expect lots of screaming, lots of insults, like, I'm never doing this again. I don't know. Like, this is your fault. <laughs> and as the maximum we heard of her was like, mm. and that was it. She's like a superwoman. It's incredible. <laughs> and she didn't complain at all. She actually was laughing most of the time. And that is the actual day of the birth, because <laughs> before we had lots of, 
<laughs> of things going on. But the moment itself, before she was born, it was like a bit surrealistic. Like, is this really happening? Am I really going to have a baby? Is this for real? And when she appears, wow, just like a, a wave, a tsunami of emotions. I don't know, you feel overwhelmed. You don't know how to process all that. You feel so much love and gratitude. Like, oh my God, you're giving me a new life. What can I give you? Do you need an arm? <laughs> my spleen? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and I try to explain it to to many people around me because some people don't understand. When people do you a favor, that feeling of gratitude you get, that you feel the, the urge to kind of repay it. So imagine someone making your biggest dream come true. Imagine the feeling you get inside, like, I would give you everything. What do you need? What do you want me to do? Everything, absolutely everything. You want my arm, I will give it to you, whatever. Wow, that, that, that touches my heart. It, it touches mine all the time. Uh, for a very long time, I couldn't talk about this without crying. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a milestone for me being able to do it without crying because it's, it's difficult to process all that. Eduardo, what was it like the moment you saw Ruth's face? It was, uh, I remember seeing her and I knew that it was going to be the most special moment in my life. So I wanted to capture every single detail. And I remember the moment she got out, I had to cut the cord and it was Omar, the one doing the skin to skin. The, the baby was taken to him and I remember crying, a river. And I remember looking at Omar crying again. Uh, uh, the baby, and then feeling the tears running down my cheeks, and then looking at Christina and, and her husband, and seeing the biggest smile on their faces. Uh, I remember seeing that little tiny baby, and knowing that whatever happens in in the world, I'll be there for her, and she will be there for me. Christina, I can see why you chose them. Easy choice. Easy choice. What were you thinking when he was looking at, when they were looking at you and you had that huge smile on your face, what was going through your mind? That's like one of the most special feelings in the world. And when your baby comes out and you hold them for the first time and I can, I can remember it for us, like that feeling when we had our first baby. Um, and again, the second, just when you hold that baby for the first time, I was so happy for them. I'm so happy that they had their baby and they had to go through so many things that I, I didn't have to at all. So I can only imagine like those extra steps and the extra time spent waiting and wanting a baby that much that to go through all of this and you finally get to hold your baby and just watching like that happen is it was it was surreal. It was so cool. Well, it doesn't sound like you had any moment of indecision. Was it as hard for you to let them go as Eduardo describes it being difficult to leave the country and leave you specifically? It was. It was really hard. We we were close before they came, but then when they came, it was just the next level. It was like having best friends that you just see all the time and you happen to have made their baby. Um, like it was. I like to think that I can 
like maintain my composure when I need to, but I couldn't. <laughs> no, it was like saying goodbye. I was just like a crying mess. So you described how you told your husband about it at first and discussed it. And I hear that he had a beautiful smile on his face in the delivery room. What was his journey like through the progress of the pregnancy? How did he feel when when Ruth was born, do you think? Oh, amazing. He was so happy for them. He's just as close with Omar and Eduardo as I am. They connected right away. Every Everyone likes him. He's, he's one of those people you can't not like. Um, and so... When they met, um, they didn't communicate. We didn't communicate a lot with Corey throughout the pregnancy. Um, he was kind of in the background. He had met them. Yeah, once they came to Canada, like their relationship really started too. And and that was really cool to see. I was really happy that it all worked out. Yeah. And, you know, Eduardo talks about the fact that not everyone around them understood. On your side, I would expect that you might have run into some of that as well. Like a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no one understands. Only surrogates understand whatever it is, this feeling, this drive to want to help someone else. My my family did not understand. They accepted it and they, they met the baby. They met Omar and Eduardo. We had uh, Thanksgiving at their house and the, at my parents' house oh, with my family wow. and, and then my birthday um, shortly after that. So they, uh, they got to meet the baby. They got to meet Omar and Eduardo. And I'm very grateful for them to be that level of accepting. You obviously have a beautiful connection. And now we've got to know about Ruth. Tell us about Ruth. She's just a box full of surprises. She keeps doing things all the time that will take your breath away. Uh, she's super clever. She's right now 13 months. So that means she is starting to walk and she's starting to imitate everything you do. When we speak to her, Omar speaks to her in Spanish, and I'm speaking to her in English. She reacts in some ways that make you feel like she's like a super intelligent being uh, judging you <laughs> all the time. Mm. And she's just amazing. She's always in a good mood. Even when she's got a fever, she's laughing. And she's okay. So she's the easiest baby in the world, I think. We are super lucky. <laughs> Everyone is super jealous because when we tell them that the moment she turned two months, she started to sleep all night long without waking up, that she eats with no problem, that she doesn't get any tantrums, that she's just all the time laughing and is like, oh, that's what we deserve. <laughs> What do you love most about your little family? It may sound stupid, but what I like the most is that each one of us has a little, a, a different role. And so Omar, he's a funny one. So when she wants to have fun or to, when she feels like playful, she goes with him. Mm -hmm. And you can tell because she starts looking like, hmm, and then she goes after him. <laughs> but when she wants to, I don't know, to to feel like cozy or uh, when she wants to to be hugged or to be calm or to be, she comes to me. And 
I like it because that matches our personalities so much, and she just got the hang of it. That's very special for me. It may sound stupid, but I think she's like a, a perfect link between Omar and I. Mm. Like, there is no competition. There is no like, who's your favorite? Or there is a moment for everyone and something we can do all the time. You said it may sound stupid. I promise you, there's nothing about that that sounds stupid. That is, yeah. oh my gosh, it's just so lovely. Christina, your heart must just feel like it could explode hearing this description. Yeah, no, I love it. We still communicate quite a bit. Um, they send pictures of of Ruth and them, like Ruth with cousins or um, aunts, uncles, grandparents, and yeah, it it every time I find I see a picture, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for them and for their family and that they were able to to have their family. There's so many people that don't get that. And um the fact that I was able to be part of that is very special. Now, Christina, you said you knew at two kids you were done. Eduardo, how about you? You have one. Do you feel like you're done with one? If someone could promise me that no matter how many I had, all of them would be like Ruth. I would have like seven. <laughs> <laughs> but for us, it's a bit complicated, but I would love to have another one. Because somehow, you feel like you're missing something. She grows up so fast. It's like, where's my baby? She's no longer a baby. She's a little girl. What happened? And mm-hmm. uh, especially after... Uh, seeing Christina's kids' relationship, seeing how they played together, how they would connect. The moment you see them, you want to have to. Having a, a, a kind of granted best friend forever. Christina, why is it that you feel surrogacy awareness is so important? You know, the reason we found you is through a post you did on Instagram. Tell us about that post. I was so scared to post that. Um, Were you? I was. I hadn't talked about being a surrogate on social media at all. Um, I didn't feel like it was my story. I was just the start of someone else's. Uh, There's so many opinions and thoughts about surrogacy around surrogacy. I can't tell you how many times people have asked me how much I get paid or have done like a wink wink to me when I'm like, I don't get paid. And they're like, okay. I was like, I wouldn't want it if it was a thing, like that's not what this is about. Um, There's a lot of opinions and thoughts around surrogacy. And I was hoping that if I could show this side of it, like this side of surrogacy, when, when you have that relationship, when you're able to help someone start their family, it can be positive in every way. Like there's no downside to, to what we did. It was a really special experience. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that your message to my producer when she was first speaking with you was that, well, no, uh, this is not really, I'm not part of the story. You really need to just talk to Eduardo and Omar, but I I would beg to differ. Um, Yeah, I like I said, I feel like it's their story, like it's their life. They have a little human forever, (laughs) like she's... She's their baby, their kid. She's going to grow up with them. She's going to know them. She's in their family. Their whole family is changed now because of her. And 
sometimes I forget I had a baby last year. That's amazing. Um, Oh my goodness. Right? Like it's it it doesn't feel like my like it was a part of my life, but it's not my life. Um and so yeah, when when that's why I didn't want to post about it. It wasn't my story, it wasn't my forever. Um, it was somebody else's. But um I hear a lot of things about surrogacy in in the news, especially if celebrities have a surrogacy. There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of um, just stuff around it, and there's not a lot of education uh, about it. And I was hoping that if I could put a little video out there of like my experience with it, like in a very personal way, maybe I could show people that it's not this like huge Hollywood thing. It's not something just for the Kardashians. Like it's a real life thing for normal humans and normal people and we're out here some of us are trying to help and some of us are trying to start their families what was the response you got a lot a lot of um messages a lot of people just saying like first of all they had no idea <laughs> like they didn't know because unless you were directly in my life within those nine months you didn't know so a lot of people that didn't realize surrogacy was that accessible not understanding that it was something that happens fairly frequently. It's not uncommon at all in Canada. It's not uncommon for the average person or for couples to make it work financially so that they can start their families, regardless of if they're a same-sex couple or or not. There's a lot of people out there that really want to start their families. And and then you get the, the other people, they're like, why don't they just adopt? As if, you know, you could just go down to your local shelter and adopt someone. Yeah. And my answer to that is always, no one asked me why I didn't adopt. It's not my call. That has nothing to do with me. I want people to know that it's it can be very positive. Like they make sure it's a good match. There's a lot of energy that goes into it before you even meet people. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Mm, that makes sense. So I think it's pretty clear from listening to Eduardo what what they feel they've gotten out of this. What did this give you, Christina? Well, I have some friends for life now, so that's exciting. But even without that, I I made another little person. I hope to make a family, or I guess grow a family, because you guys were a family without Ruth. But she uh, she was a good addition. Just knowing that, just knowing that I was able to help somebody with minimal interruption to my life. Amazing, Eduardo. Final words for us today. One thing I wanted to say when Christina said that it's not her story that she just give birth to a baby that is only our story it's only our forever ruth was born thanks to her and i think that she being born that way will make her more generous than if she had been born in a more conventional way because she will grow up knowing that thanks to somebody else she's there she will know what human beings are capable of I think it will be a super positive impact. If one day uh, surrogacy is legal here in Spain, I would love if she became a surrogate for somebody else. It would be like a, a perfect circle. No pressure, Ooh. though. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. But it would be like giving back to the world what you have received. Eduardo, you know, if I wasn't past the age of the possibility, I think I'd have a baby for you. <laughs> I think you're wonderful. <laughs> and I'm so inspired by the sense of love and kindness between 
all of you. And Christina, your your generosity of spirit and your loving kindness is just, this is just the best story ever. So I want to say thank you to both of you so, so much. And to Omar, who wasn't with us, but was so with us in spirit. And Ruth. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for having us and letting us share this, the side of surrogacy. You have done something unexpected. You've rendered me speechless. <laughs> I am in awe of both of you. And I just want to say thanks from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. It makes such a difference. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.